In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We're beginning Lent, the 40 days of intense preparation for the celebration of the central mystery of the Christian faith, which is our redemption, our salvation in and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lord, whereby he puts to death the old way of life, the old Adam, the old Adam. He puts to death the old way of life, the old Adam, and through this immense sacrifice of love, which conquers sin and evil and death, brings forth the grave, the life of the new humanity, the life of the new Adam. And um, in the ancient church, uh, this was the, t the, the culmination of three years of preparation for baptism. This would begin the last 40 days of three years of preparation for baptism. Um, in the ancient church, they didn't just baptize everyone. You had to request to be baptized. And they would watch you for a while to see if you were serious, or to see if perhaps you were a Roman spy, something like that. And then they would begin to look to see if there was some improvement in your lifestyle. Were you still going to the games? Were you still going to the pagan temples? Um, were you still drinking too much? Um, and then there would be instruction in the scriptures. And then very much towards the end would be the handing over of the symbol of faith, the Apostles' Creed. And this last 40 days was a very, very intense period. And it was all come to a point at the great vigil of Easter. And just before sunrise on Easter Sunday morning, in the darkness, the candle would be lit, the Christ candle, and the whole history of salvation from the calling of Abraham all the way through to the rescue of Israel from bondage in Egypt and to the settlement in the Holy Land and to the, finally the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, the whole story of salvation would be read out. And then the, the catechumens would be called forward. And the bishop would ask them to face the direction of the setting sun. And he would ask them a series of questions do you renounce, do you renounce, do you renounce, do you renounce your old way of life? Do you renounce Satan? Do you renounce all the sin that draws you from the love of God? And then he would ask this question, do you, do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? Do you repent? Do you convert? And the, the word there that we use, these English words, repent, convert, we're translating a Greek word is metanoia. And it means literally to turn around. And when the bishop said to them, do you, do, do you repent and turn to Jesus Christ, your Savior, they would literally turn away from facing the setting sun uh, and from the direction of evil and Satan and the world that lieth under the prince of darkness. They would turn away from that and they would turn to the east. This is why we have altars in the east of the church and why we, why we say mass facing east uh, in this kind of architecture. It's meant to symbolize something. It's meant to symbolize the turning 
away from the powers of darkness and turning towards the, the power of light, turning away from sin, turning towards the one who saves from sin. And then they would go down into the water and be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and come out again. This Lent, so we have candidates who are going to be in their last time of preparation for baptism. And Lent, for each and every one of us, is a time to move more deeply into our baptism. Baptism is a very powerful thing. Something really happens there, something mysterious. God does something in, in, in baptism. We had a Bible study with the clergy this week, looking at the Lenten scriptures, and on Sunday there are, there, there's a reference to baptism in, in two of the scriptures. And um, one of the brothers was telling a story of, of how he was called to a hospital because a little baby was dying. And they told him, uh, the parents wanted the baby baptized, and they said to him, the nurses said, look, uh, because of all the equipment that he's hooked up to, you can only just, you literally, you can only have a drop of water, just one drop of water, that's all you can have, otherwise it'll make things go awry. He places the one drop of water on the baby's head and begins to say the ancient words. And all the nurses look at the monitors because what's been going downhill is all of a sudden going uphill. And a child has been headed towards death is all of a sudden now headed towards life. Something powerful happens in baptism. But I love this quote from the great Anglican theologian E.L. Maskell, baptism is the beginning of the Christian life, not the substitute for it. And the living of the Christian life is a constant turning. It's a constant turning. It's a constant turning away from sin. What is sin? Sin is we turn away from God, we turn on each other, we turn in upon ourselves. We've turned in that direction, we've now got to turn in the other direction. We've faced one way, we've now got to face the other way. And when is the time for us uh, to ponder and contemplate those things that turn us away from God, that turn us on each other, that turn us in upon ourselves, and to contemplate those things which draw us more deeply into the new life that Jesus Christ has brought out of the grave and that he offers us in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that begins now, and that the grave cannot hold. I'd been thinking this week about the great uh, Russian writer, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He was, a, he was an intellectual, he was a writer, he fought in World War I. He made an offhand comment about the Bolsheviks, and he ended up in uh, what's called the Gulag Archipelago, you know, their, their sort of island chain of prison camps. And he discovered something there, he says. He, he made his great discovery. He was not a particularly religious person, but he became a religious person. He made a great discovery when he was in the camp. He went into the camp thinking that the Bolsheviks were the evil ones. And they, of course, thought that he was the evil one. And he said what he found out in the camp was that the dividing line between good and evil goes through the center of every human heart. 
this awareness of ourselves as being involved in a deep battle with the power of sin and evil deep in the human heart. This is elusive for modern people. We, we, we think of evil as being somewhere else. We think of sin as a class. Who are the sinful ones? Whether they're the, they're the right-wingers or they're the left-wingers or they're um, whoever they are. Those other people that have got it wrong somehow and we've got it right. Here's what St. Paul says, all the good things I want to do, I don't do those things. The things I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will turn me away from death and turn me towards life? Thanks be to God, for Jesus Christ the Lord, into whom we have been initiated in our baptism, and into whom by the work of the Spirit in us and by our deep participation in the disciplines of the church, we are to grow up into the full stature of him who is our Savior, even Jesus Christ the Lord. In the name of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.